Annenberg Media. This is the Annenberg Learner Podcast, where we aim to elevate the education profession through conversations that inspire, recognize, and encourage innovation and best practices in the field. We track the lived experience of teachers, students, and parents alongside the ecosystem that serves them. Guest speakers will share what's working and the steps we can take to reimagine and redesign teaching and learning for our most vulnerable populations. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Annenberg Learner Podcast. With me today is Rob Greenfield. Rob Greenfield is a history and social science teacher and the digital literacy coordinator at Newton North High School in Newton, Massachusetts. In 2019, he created a full year senior history and social science elective called Digital Media and the Impact of the Internet, which examines the individual and societal impact of digital media with the focus on smartphones and social media. He has led standalone seminars on current topics in digital media for school-wide offerings, as well as grade-level presentations on the impact of smartphones on student cognition and mental health. His most recent seminars include Twitter and Elon Musk, as well as Facebook's role in January in the January 6th insurrection. Welcome, Rob. Good to be with you. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is a very timely topic. We've had a couple of um, sessions on student mental health and um, definitely interested in uh, how these, um, how social media and, and the internet impact students and their learning. Um, so today, I'd love to hear about the courses you've designed and that you currently teach. Can you give us a summary of the course and learning objectives? Sure. The origin of it was just a couple of years ago in 2019. I had um, read a story, a bunch of stories before that about how designers of technology in particular were keeping their own kids away from some of the devices that they had created themselves. And, and so that got me down this road thinking about what they knew about it um, that the rest of us didn't. What I had kind of concluded was that we were largely, like all of us were largely aware and the kids were largely aware of the benefits of the technology because it's marketed to us all the time, but, but not necessarily the costs of the technology and technology use and social media use. And so um, I had kind of wanted to create a course that brought awareness to both the benefits and the costs of the technology we're interacting with and the digital media we're interacting with every day. And so the course is really a narrative history of the internet paired with this analysis of the individual and societal impact of the digital media we're interacting with every day. And with the goal of creating awareness of the impact of the media and mediums that we and the kids are interacting with every day. Thank you for giving us that summary. I read your syllabus and it approaches the topic from different perspectives, like as you mentioned, historical, psychological, sociological, political, and economic. Uh, What has this experience been like for you and the students that you teach as you're studying a topic that's constantly changing? Um, And well, so the first year of the course was 2019-20, which is the pandemic, right? And so this has been Really interesting. Um, and I feel like I'm I'm even just getting caught up with some of this stuff. And so, you know, it's funny because the the first year of the course, you know, TikTok was something that like just something that like the middle school kids were on, right? And it was like this really embarrassing thing. And so, like obviously things have changed so exponentially since then. And you know, TikTok is such is an essential part of the course now and thinking about the kind of broader implications of it. And it's really exciting just because 
a lot of the analysis of digital media is catching up with it, you know, three or four or five years down the road. Researchers are just kind of figuring out the impact of, of, uh, of tech, something like TikTok in particular, because it's so new. And so that is very exciting just because it's, it's so new and fresh and also relevant for the kids. And it's also kind of a whirlwind. And so I, I do learn a great deal from them because you know, they're on the platforms that we're talking about a lot more than I am in a lot of cases. And so I do learn a great deal from them and how they're using it. Yet, because these platforms are designed to kind of take away the awareness of their impact and kind of how long we're on there and what we're seeing on there, um, I'm able to kind of fill some gaps with in an educational setting of what, how it might be influencing them in ways that maybe they're not thinking of. You can subscribe to the Annenberg Learner podcast on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And what have been some of their takeaways or like aha moments that they didn't realize were happening in, in their usage of this, these tools? Yeah, I feel like they, they are like, so I'm, I'm teaching seniors. And so they are, they have a, a really solid understanding and awareness of like, it's almost like the damage has been done in some ways. You know, they're, they're generally aware, they've been told, right, a lot of the times, you know, that, okay, you're on your phone too much, social media, et cetera, you know, this is influencing you in some bad, maybe they've heard it at home or in, from teachers or everything else. But I think they're, you know, I think some of the stuff where they are sh- a bit shocked is the extent to which some of these platforms try to keep them on the devices and on uh, the apps themselves and the extent to which their own kind of like psychology is being uh, used to, uh, to keep them on there. And then the extent to which they're they're being tracked, I think the privacy situation, you know, the lengths to which the company was, will go to gather data on them uh, and how that data is used, I think those have been kind of some, I think they got some raised eyebrows from kids when they learn about some of this stuff. Have, um, have you seen any change in behavior? I know you probably have them for a semester or a year, but have, have students expressed changing behavior? I mean, I think the awareness is kind of the first step. I think a couple of years down the road, often like some kids will come back and say, you know, hey, I thought, <laughs> I thought about what, I, what you said on this day about this. In some ways, maybe the changes don't happen right away. I'm hoping, and I think some kids have testified that it's planting a seed for them that going forward, whenever they're interacting with something new that comes up like TikTok or whatever the next thing is, or ChatGPT, that some of these questions that we've used as a framework in this class, right? can pop up again in the future for them and they can kind of use it right as a way to ha- have developed kind of a skeptical view of technology in, a, in some, in a way that they hadn't before. Hmm. Yes, I could see that. I, I saw one, one of the assignments in your syllabus uh, where they're asked to choose a photo or draw a picture, create a meme that really shows their own relationship with their smartphone. I'm curious what you've seen students create and what has stood out to you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really fun seeing these things because the kids are incredibly honest about mm. this. And, and I feel like in a lot of ways are looking to kind of figure out a way to articulate how they're feeling about this and um, about their relationship with their phone and their relationship with social media. So to give them a little bit of a space or a little bit of space to be creative about it, to discuss stuff in class, but also to create create some sort of assignments that express how they're feeling. You know, we, I get, we get these really honest portrayals of the, and, and really like incredibly clear on their, and, and aware of their own relationship with it, with them is that the, the vast majority are aware, right? That they feel like, and I think this is where sometimes they push back against adults. 
if you ask them about their relationship with their phone, oftentimes it'll be the same as what we would say, right? Which is something along the lines of like, they take a look at their screen time and they're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I was on it for 12 hours straight or whatever it was, or I can't believe that I was on the phone for this much this weekend. And I really, there's kind of like an internal, like finger pointing that they go through that I feel like I, I know I experienced that, you know, when I look back at some of my screen time, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks and the issue for them. And I think the issue, I think for us as well, is like, what do we do about that? I mean, mm-hmm. particularly like the social stuff in high school is so acute where they feel like they need to be on it um, constantly. And in a lot of ways, not, not in a bad way, just to kind of be there for their friends or to check in on somebody who's um, might be struggling. And so they kind of feel this pull, um, you know, to keep the phone on them at all times, to respond to notifications, et cetera. Um, And so removal for them is not this, is not really an option in a lot of cases because they want to be there socially for their friends um, they use it for so many things, whether it's school or a calendar or whatever they're using it for academically. Yet it's still this like super addictive device and still gets them in ways that like they don't want to be on there for so long. And so their work, what they've turned in, has really been a reflection of that frustration, right? And that tension of like, I know that I know that it's a problem. I know that I'm on there. I feel like I'm on there too much for these reasons. However, right, what what do I What do I do about this? As part of its mission to advance excellent teaching in American schools, Annenberg Learner funds and distributes educational video programs with coordinated online and print materials for the professional development of K-12 teachers. Many programs are also intended for students in the classroom and viewers at home with videos that exemplify excellent teaching. K-12 educators, students, and lifelong learners may access Annenberg Learner resources for free at learner.org. Please note, rights restrictions may limit the availability of some series. For the latest information about learner programming and availability, sign up for the Annenberg Learner Newsletter at learner.org. I think I read in one of the assignments maybe where they were reflecting or anticipating going to college and not wanting to be on their phone all the time so that they do have time and space to connect with new people and a new setting and a new learning environment. I'm curious about those students that have returned back, if they've spoken to that and how is that pull as severe once they get to college versus high school? Yeah. I mean, a, a former student was texting the other day to see if we could, we could meet up to chat about how he's doing and all that. And I feel like talking to him and a couple others, um, I do feel like there's this, the social pressure is not quite as acute in college as it is maybe in high school or the pressure to be connected. I'm, I'm teaching seniors now and like, they don't feel it nearly as much as maybe they did, you know, freshman, uh, sophomore year, eighth grade, seventh grade and middle school. And so they're phasing out of like this dramatic pull to be on there. I think they still feel it because some seniors have expressed, you know, and some kids coming back from college say, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I was upset with my Instagram usage or I, I didn't want to be on Instagram as much. So I, I deleted it for a couple of weeks and then I re-uploaded it again because <laughs> I, there was something happening <laughs> and then whatever it was. You know, and it's like so much of it is 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 that like even like attempts to find this middle ground between removal and uh, like complete immersion um, that is really really tricky to find. In some ways, why I started the course um, because we get to find that middle ground and to navigate that. um, I think it's really tricky for adults, and so I think kids need all the help they can get. Yes, 
So that brings me to another question. This is an elective at your school? It is. So not every student in your in this high school is experiencing this course. Do you have any sense of like at a district level or a site level, whether there is support for students that are managing mental health issues and everything that adolescents go through with technology, like you are in this course? Um, I think there is uh, a lot of district support and school support for mental health. I mean, I, I think it's been a focus right? For at least for our school anecdotally, um, just because out of the pandemic, I think a lot of students were dealing with, um, uh, you know, ha- had more struggles with mental health because of the loss of in-person connection and all the, the uh, psychological kind of stuff that went with that. Um, as far as what social media's role in it is, mm-hmm. um, that was where I felt like space, there was space for, for th- for more educational settings to grow around that. Um, and what effect that might be having on them, um, mentally, right. Uh, we could bring awareness to, um, and also what effect that might be having on relationships, et cetera, right. The kind of sociological questions surrounding that, right. I feel like there was, there was space for, uh, for kind of more folks to develop questions around that and settings that pe- people could, kids could discuss. Will you tell us about the standalone seminars on current topics? How are teens processing events like January 6th? Yeah. And so the elective I created uh, was for seniors, right? And you mentioned before, like not all students were getting this content, being taught this content. You know, I taught the course for a couple of years and then students were kind of frequently expressing the fact that they wished they had known some of this stuff sooner. Might've helped them have a more solid understanding of how the device was affecting them or how social media was affecting them. And so I started to create these standalone lessons or seminars on particular topics that I'd offer to individual classes if teachers wanted to invite me in to talk about it or school-wide offerings like, um, you know, the impact of smartphones on cognition and mental health. Or last year, there, there was those, the Facebook files, the Instagram uh, revelations from uh, the uh, Francis Haugen, the uh, whistleblower, uh, talking about Facebook's internal research and how Instagram was really affecting teen mental health negatively, and particularly girls' mental health negatively. Uh, and so, you know, I started to kind of offer those to teachers uh, and to uh, more school-wide offerings um, last year. And then, as the digital literacy coordinator this year, uh, kind of kind of keep on going with that to expand it to current topics, right? Like TikTok and disinformation, whether it's the with the Ukraine war. Um, it was referred to as the first TikTok war. So kind of discussing, okay, this TikTok thing has been around for a few years now and researchers are starting to figure out that this might be a cesspool of misinformation and that bad actors were able to use the short form video medium to spread disinformation. And so if students are on there for hours and hours a day, right, uh, how might disinformation be spreading on TikTok and what to look for, right, to kind of recontextualize things that appeared on TikTok. You know, this year it was the two kind of big happenings so far where the Elon Musk Twitter takeover, and then Facebook's kind of the two-year anniversary of January 6th and thinking about Facebook's role. And so the idea being Twitter and with Facebook trying to impart, right, and trying to, to spread some like awareness of how the algorithms, the changes in the algorithms might impact everything from like the mental health of the students individually, right, to also, and, and their relationships, to also kind of really broad societal level changes like, uh, you know, polarization and, and in the worst cases, violence, you know, thinking about seminars in those ways, 
right? That any teachers who signed up to bring their kids, right? The idea was to kind of, to generate that, again, more awareness of the impact of uh, these platforms. I guess I'm wondering, as a student, what's, what is their takeaway or what do they feel empowered to do or not do or think about? I know they're getting the experience of thinking critically about how these tools are impacting their lives. Are there any actions that they can take if they don't want to experience this or lessen the damage? I find it way easier. And I think uh, maybe this is a, a general situation or a general problem, but I find it way easier to identify and talk about the problems as opposed mm-hmm. to the solutions to them. And I, I think the solutions to them are hypothetical in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, they're tricky. It's because we're in this unprecedented situation uh, where technology has kind of embedded itself in our daily lives so much minute by minute that it's really hard to imagine a different future, right? Where maybe these things aren't as toxic in some ways, or maybe we, you know, we have societal shifts in our collective relationships to technology. And so at the end of every one of these seminars, I try to think about solutions in three ways, right? Individually, what can we do to get those really good parts of these, these applications and use them in a way that helps our mental health, that helps social justice, that helps, that helps us both individually and collectively, and also takes away some of the more detrimental effects of them. If engagement drives a lot of the more hateful posts on Facebook and Instagram, you know, what can we do as individuals to think about, all right, even if there is something that, even if there's a post that kind of triggers me and triggers my emotions in a way that gets me to respond to a post, even if I respond to that post trying to kind of tackle hatred, right, and trying to make sure that I'm saying the right things and that, um, you know, folks who are spreading hate are refuted in, in a way, I still might be contributing to the, the spread of the, the hateful posts. And so thinking about, okay, you know, individually, that's what I can do maybe, right? I can, I can maybe stay away from the platforms a little bit more. And I can also then not maybe engage as much with the more toxic stuff so that I don't spread it as much, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And then the next layer of it has, is collective action, societal action, right? What can we do together to make sure that, again, the more detrimental effects are mitigated or avoided? And that gets into some tricky territory because some of the stuff is imagining the future that doesn't exist, yeah. right? And it's really hard for, I think, adults to do that, right? But because the kids know the platform so well, um, I find it for some kids, it's actually, you know, to seeing the issues with it is actually easier in a lot of ways than it is for us. I think that's part of what I signed up to do. Um, and part of my job with this course and these seminars is to get, try to like get kids to imagine how this could be different. And then, you know, there are always folks uh, who are in super into technology, right. In the audience and like, whether they're coding or, you know, whether they're more tech savvy than I am or everything else. So thinking about okay, what might be some tech-based solutions to the issues, right? Can we create, you know, in the future when these kids are, are you know, starting businesses or, or mm-hmm. in starting their own media platforms, can they come up with algorithms and generate algorithms that have both commercial profit and the public good in mind and having more ethical design around some of these algorithms and future, com- future media companies? Yeah, we're optimizing for something else. And the something else is what we want our world to to be. (laughs) Right, right. The Annenberg Foundation is a family foundation that provides funding and support to nonprofit organizations in the U.S. and globally. The foundation is dedicated to addressing the critical issues of our time through innovation, community, compassion, 
and communication. To learn more, go to annenberg.org. A couple questions here. Curious how long you've been in the teaching profession and um, what kind of changes have you seen as students have started to use smartphones in their daily lives and in the classroom? It's funny. I like, I mean, maybe this is like a pandemic effect, but like, I can't remember what it was like before the pandemic. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it was as much of a constant whack-a-mole issue in the classroom, like have it be this constant kind of presence before the pandemic. But I know during and post pandemic, we're kind of in, in the wake of it now it, that phones have been quite a challenge um, mm. in school. Um, and particularly when we returned to full in-person learning, I think a lot of folks anecdotally around here felt a pretty significant change in how students are the relationship between them and the devices, right? That they were just a lot more present. They were being taken out without uh, abandon, right? They were, there was just this massive uptick in usage, particularly during class. And then also more defiance when we asked them to put it away. At the beginning of this year um, in, in our school, you know, teachers and admin were like on the war path. You know, we're going to kind of try to get control of the situation again, try to use them in ways that they are helpful. And really when when we do not want to engage with them to try to really set parameters around, okay, what are we going to use them for in the classroom? I put together a presentation at the beginning of the year for faculty on the impact of smartphone use and learning and cognition, just to give teachers some ammunition to say, hey, like smartphones are great for, you know, uh, for these reasons, but as far as like learning and cognition goes, the research is pretty conclusive. Like the closer they are to you, the, the worse our thinking gets and all that stuff. And so just to kind of try to empower some teachers power teachers to, to take a little bit of a harder line if they wanted to um, on phones. And so you know, I, I gave a grade level presentations here at Newton North and also at Newton South on the impact of smartphones and cognition and mental health, just again, try to, you know, to say, to try to get kids to understand a little bit about, you know, when teachers say, put the phone away, it's yeah. not, they're not coming from a punitive place, sure. right? They're trying to, they're trying to just take, put that aside so that we can do what we need to do. And to like, because the, the, the ultimate worry for teachers, I think here was that if folks, if kids have the phone out and we tell them to put it away and it's, it already starts this thing with the relationship, right. Where it's like, sure. um, it's just been kind of a tough thing. And so to try to, to try to take it off of the kid, right. That's it's not, it's not the kid's fault. This is a real super addictive device. So a lot of times they can't help it. And to try to like, you know, make sure we preserve the relationship at the beginning by setting some really clear parameters. How has that gone? Um, I think anecdotally, the the recalibration has worked. You know, I think Good. there are there are still like pockets of folks struggling um, yeah. with it. You know, but I, I think like the expectations around it again coming out of the pandemic. You know, I want to speak for all the teachers around here, but I've personally felt this where if the phone is their connection to their friends and family mm. during the pandemic, and the technology is the lifeline, like okay, taking a hard line on that felt kind of cruel in a way. But now that we're kind of in the wake of it, like, okay, now let's recalibrate. And I, th I think anecdotally, it's, it's, um, we've done pretty well. Yeah. That, I mean, it's good to hear that, that the awareness has been lifted across the whole campus. So as you said, it's, it's not a punitive thing and, and everybody's pulling in the same direction for more learning to occur and right. more connection really, which is, I think is what they want. Right. And, and I think that, I think that really hits, it hits me hard. And I think it's, you know, kind of again, talking with colleagues, it, hit, it hits colleagues hard when, you know, you walk into the class and everybody's on their phone and not talking to each other, right? 
And, you know, that I think is a, a tough environment. And I think we're, we're, we're trying to get away from that to get more of those, those human connections we were missing. Yes. To what degree are parents involved in this conversation in your school community? So I tried to put uh, together a presentation for like the PTSO here, parent teacher student organization, talking with some, with parents that uh, I know in the community and um, through parent teacher conferences, they're, they're really, I think at a loss in some ways, Mm. once the phone is in their hands, now what, right now, what do you do? Just like us with, with, as teachers, we don't want conflict now, what, right? Like, okay, we don't, you know, if a, if a kid says that we're maintaining a friendship because of the phone and I'm, and I'm now I'm on uh, Instagram is how I communicate with, you know, my team that I'm on. And if you take away my phone, then I'm losing that connection. I'm losing that part of it. And so it's really, really, really challenging. I think for parents to deal with this as well. And again, part of what I think we can do as a school, what I'm trying to do here is like, you know, to try to not leave it entirely on families to navigate the phone and social media use, right? What can we do in schools, in our school that can, um, that can increase awareness and education around some of this stuff and maybe reduce some conflict at home? What made you want to be a teacher? Um, you know, I started coaching basketball. I was, I was on the track for sports journalism and in college, and I came back one winter to uh, coach uh, the freshman basketball team here at the high school. And I just, I, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, to kind of see kids uh, grow and improve uh, in that way in athletics, you know, it kind of, it really opened the door for me to say, okay, like maybe I should just do this for a living because this is so rewarding. So that was, that was my entry point. Um, and then, you know, I was a history major in college and always enjoyed that, um, that discipline. And so that was the, like the combination of like being able to like work with kids and also teach history was, uh, was really attractive to me. That's awesome. It's great that you've, you found that path and now you're impacting hundreds of students every year and having them think about these uh, issues that we're all going to be facing and are facing now. The Annenberg Learner Podcast is supported in part by Abre. Get real-time insights into what's working and what's not with K-12's number one modern data solution, Abre. Learn more today at abre.io. That's A-B-R-E dot I-O. Uh, switching gears a little bit here. What are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? Um, so I've been reading a lot of um, about AI, especially with like the chat GPT rollout yeah. situation. Um, and so, you know, thinking about you know, artificial intelligence and some of the same questions, asking some of the same questions about it, like, okay, so what's, it's, if we're interacting with AI, you know, w- and whatever comes in the future, whether it's this new generative AI chatbot or, um, you know, whether it's uh, even the kind of like, like more elementary machine learning, like a Netflix or a Spotify, right? Um, how might it be impacting our well-being, our privacy, our politics, everything else, right? Like what are the implications here? And so just doing some contextual reading on that. Um, Weapons of Math Destruction by Kathy O'Neill is like amazing. Um, and she's awesome. Um, the Equality Machine by Orly Lobel. Um, I really appreciated that because, you know, she talks about a future in which we can actually train algorithms to actually work for, for social justice. Like, I think there's a lot of and I, I'm guilty of this too, where there's a lot of kind of identifying the problems, right? And we talked about it earlier about, um, but not thinking about the solutions. And she's great in that book about thinking about, okay, like, yes, 
like there are issues and there are problems with mm-hmm. artificial intelligence and with technology because they increase our um, existing biases and they sometimes exacerbate um, systemic racism. But how can we train them uh, to make a more equal future and not just throw kind of throw our hands up and say this is terrible? Is there anything else you'd like to share with the learner audience before we sign off today? I, I think I mean I think it's it's really like teachers have really been through it during the pandemic in a lot of different ways. Um, I think around here and nationally, at least for this class and for what I'm doing right now, I, I, my experience has been that kids kind of want and need spaces to talk about smartphones and social media um, and how it's impacting them, how it's influencing them. In my opinion, there's kind of never enough of it, right? And never, whatever we're doing, there's always stuff we can do. There's never, there's never enough. And what we're doing is there always can be more and it's, and, and, and there's never, never too much of this type of, of discussion or learning for kids. At least for me, like kids are just dealing with a, a digital world that, um, and pressures that like I can barely comprehend. And I'm really trying, right? I've been reading in depth about this for years. And I, you know, I still struggle to wrap my head around it sometimes and what they're dealing with and the worlds in which they're operating and switching out of, um, you know, kind of the digital world back to the, the real world and everything else. And so, you know, I, I kind of, I feel like, you know, the more that adults can try to help them navigate it, the better off they'll be. The Annenberg Learner Podcast joins the catalog of multimedia professional learning content to support educators teaching in more effective ways. Annenberg Learner is the education division of the Annenberg Foundation. Learner supports the foundation's mission to encourage the development of more effective ways to share ideas and knowledge. Go to learner.org or contact us at podcast at learner.org.